The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the future of digital advertising. Joining us is Sarah Dale, who is the Chief Revenue Officer at Nativo, which empowers brands and publishers with advanced content syndication and monetization technologies. Nativo's mission is to equip advertising for the age of content, improving the web experience and creating meaningful connections for digital consumers. Yesterday, Sarah and I talked about why Google announced plans to delay blocking of third-party cookies. And today we're going to continue the conversation asking the question if you should still be relying on your third-party cookie data and what marketers should be doing knowing cookies are going away. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Sarah Dale, Chief Revenue Officer at Nativo. Sarah, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Always excited to continue our conversation. Glad to have you back. Yesterday, we talked about sort of the motivation or what's happening for marketers as third-party cookies are going away. My takeaway from that conversation is pandemonium. Everybody's freaking out because Google is the last remaining big browser to start restricting access to third-party cookies. And the rationale for them potentially doing this is, well, it makes marketers more reliant on either other data sources or contextual targeting. And who's great at contextual targeting? Well, Google and AdWords kind of come full circle and understanding some of the motivation. And then we get into the question of, well, great, what do marketers do from here? So in your opinion, knowing that third-party cookies are going away, we've got about 18 months left of runway, should marketers still be relying on their cookie data? Well, it's a two-part question for me because I feel like one other way to ask that is, should they have ever relied on their cookie data? Because have you ever looked at what Google has on you? Do you know that you can go to your page so that they can show you everything that they think of what your profile is? I don't even want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have found mine to be incredibly inaccurate. They've pegged me both as a parent and non-parent. They have me as a male and a female. They have me as a country music fan. I am not, <laughs> I'm sorry, country music fans. You know, all sorts of things. 
So I'm not sure if we ever really should have relied on cookies the way that we have. But right now, the reality is that the whole infrastructure has to change. So now is the best time to go start experimenting with cookie-less targeting because obviously you've got something to compare it against to build around the infrastructure, which is good that Google had given us sort of the reprieve to get that piece of work done. Before we get to the second part of the question, you mentioned that you can actually see what Google has on you, right? How they're targeting you. I'm just looking over this. Anybody that wants to try this at home, it's adsettings.google.com slash authenticated. Let's see. I'm looking over here, 35 to 44 years old. Got it. English. Yep. American football. Absolutely. Some other stuff, business services, books, literature, celebrity entertainment, don't care. Dogs. I don't have a dog. I have a cat. Household income. Hi. I wish. (laughs) All sorts of fun stuff on here. Google very much thinks that I care about pets. Yeah. I mean, I guess this is kind of generic stuff. Oh, they did call me married. That's nice. Yes. I have a lovely wife. Oh, DJ equipment. I do not have DJ equipment, nor do I care about video gaming. And nor do I care about combat sports, which I rank very high. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So anyway, we've regressed here talking about what Google thinks about me. But moral of the story is this is the use of cookie data is Google is targeting me because they know that I am very interested in food and grocery retailers or construction and maintenance. That probably doesn't really summarize me. So does that mean that I shouldn't have been relying on third party data at all? Sarah, give me the lay of the land here. What should marketers be doing knowing that the third-party cookies are going away? I think that they should take a really hard look at their content strategy. Content has a double-edged sword to fix a lot of the issues that are at hand. One is that third-party data is going away. They're going to need more first-party data. And how do you do that? You can do that through content, whether it be white papers or things that you can download and that you're going to extract some information and you're going to exchange some value in the process with your consumer, which is the ultimate goal. And then I think that we have become so enamored with the technology and the ability of cookies that we've sort of forgotten the part where the actual purpose of the advertising, whether it be content or advertising, is really to move the consumer down the funnel was one way of putting it, but to change behavior, change perception. And we're so completely focused around whether we're reaching and targeting the right people from that point of view, we're forgetting that ultimately the job of content and advertising is to really affect change in your consumer. We've gotten a little lazy. Yeah. I'm going to date myself, but we used to create personas and we used to really think about where those people would walk in those shoes and think about where those people are going to live and breathe and what mindset are they going to be in when they read this versus that. And so much more art was put into the art and science of advertising. And I feel like we've gotten away from that. And from my perspective, advertising is an entire ecosystem. We could be on the precipice of it improving greatly if we really sort of take the signals that are in the mix right now between privacy and data and starting to look at, you know, I've said the word consumers probably 10 times so far in this podcast, but 
starting to look at the people that we're trying to get to buy something or buy our services as citizens. And that perspective could really change the ecosystem of advertising in a really positive way. Everything that I have done on this podcast is with the notion of marketers need to understand who their customers are to be able to effectively reach them and provide value to them to get them to build awareness, gain traction with their products and services. So what I appreciate about what you said is we need, and I'm paraphrasing here, we need to stop thinking of our advertising as advertising towards pixels and cookies. And we need to start thinking more about advertising to the individual people. And a lot of that is how do I create value to actually get someone to engage in a one-to-one first-party data collection process, as opposed to relying on a third-party to just give me some pixels, to just give me some cookies, to, you know, give me some bits and data. And then I could throw whatever slop I want for advertising and knowing that the high impression levels, knowing that I'm being very targeted, is going to eventually drive sales. We're in a kind of an icky place where we don't actually have to build relationships and build rapport to reach the people that are potentially interested in our products or services. We're relying on the data vendors to do that. And now, because of the privacy concerns and you know whatever you think about why the platforms are, are making this change, it's about first-party data. That's the answer here is, okay, third-party data is going away. You're going to need to collect it yourself. Now, to me, the strategy here is, well, I've got a limited amount of time where I can use third-party data. So I might as well use the third-party data I have access to to start building my first-party data collection process. I'm going to go and take my data, you know, all the cookie data that I can collect and start marketing to people. And instead of just trying to go direct-to-consumer, direct response, I'm going to start putting those people in the top of the funnel getting them to engage with my content, understanding who they are, collecting contact information, figuring out what the process works is so I can figure out how to create more content and continue to engage through that medium. To me, the answer is start building first-party data and start figuring out how to create content that actually reaches the people that you want to. And this inherently is your specialty. So talk to me about the content marketing piece of this. How do you figure out how to create great content? How do you collect first-party data? Tell me a little bit about that process and what Nativo does there. You just summed that up incredibly well, first of all. But I think that it really goes back to how well do you know your customer? Because then you're going to be able to really walk a mile in their shoes, be able to understand what it is that's going to either be useful or delightful to them. And when people are really hitting a bullseye with their customers, it's when they really and truly put their customers first in thinking about what the content ought to be and the brand second. And the magic then becomes... You know, one of the words that he's getting to, it's been thrown out for the last like two years, sort of ad nauseum. I think that everybody's probably sick of hearing it, but it's when brands are authentic. And it's true that you really have to, as much as you have to know your customer, the better you also know your own brand so that you can marry those two things together. That's really when you're able to create some great content. Here's my advice. You got 18 months of runway. Let's break that up into three phases. First, you're going to continue to use your third-party data like you've been doing. You're going to get customers. That's wonderful. Fine. Continue doing what you're doing and spend your extra cycles knowing that the third-party data is going away, understanding who those customers are. 
once you do your customer profiling, once you have a better sense of what who the customer is, what their interests are, why they're engaging with your brand, we'll move into phase two. Now let's figure out what content they're going to engage with. You got to create the content. You have to figure out what your customers are actually interested, what they're going to engage with. Let's call that phase two. There's your next six months. And then the third part here is understanding how to syndicate that content. Let's take an example. The last brand that I looked for was the brand called Magic Spoon. They create a kid's flavored health cereal. It's milk protein. And so basically they're creating stuff that's like, you know, the health benefits of cereal. You can have it all. You can eat kid cereal and get healthy. Well, their content might be cartoons, might be stuff focused on kids, might be focused on the parents. Maybe it's the health benefits. There's a lot of stuff that that brand can test. Once they figure out what's actually interesting, then the question becomes, well, how do they get that out there? And this to me is the last question I have for you. We go through this process of understanding our customers, figuring out what content's going to resonate. We don't have third-party cookies anymore in 18 months from now. So how do we think about content syndication? How do you take the content that you have out there and get it out to the right people? Well, we can help with that. That's really the meat and potatoes of what Nativo does. But the other place where we're really able to help in this whole process is our ad server that has a little magic trick to it that serves content within the environment of a publisher page. And it looks like you open it up and it, you don't have to leave the publisher site. It opens up with the halo of the publisher brand and looks like the content on that publisher's site. We do that for hundreds of brands across thousands of sites on the open web. And all of those insights that we glean from that kind of distribution system and that kind of experience over all of the content, we're able to really look at lots of different audiences, what they're reading on, on publishers' sites. So what is the context that works in terms of certain kinds of content. And we are now working with a lot of our customers for them to better understand that content and what they can get out of their content distribution insights in order to better inform them when their third-party data is going away. There's a user experience question here or that you're answering, which is, great, you've got this great content. How do you deliver it in a way that is interesting? You also said something yesterday that really resonated with me. We're moving away from personalization. And what's going to be important is contextual relevance. It is my content fits into this website. If I am magic cereal, I need to start marketing in places where people are looking for health benefits, stuff for kids, the breakfast website, whatever is contextually relevant, because I can't just follow someone around the internet with advertising. And to me, that's the key. When you understand your customers, you can understand the context that is relevant to them, and then your content will resonate. Now you're collecting first-party data, and you'll be better off, and your customers will be happy. Absolutely. One of the things that we don't really talk about too much is when things are out of context. But that is what happens when you just get sort of followed around the internet. All of a sudden, the brand or the ad that's following you is out of context for what you happen to be doing at that moment. And that's where the wrinkle sort of comes in as a consumer. So I think that it is the way our brains work. 
And the more that we can lean into providing that kind of value through content and putting it in the place where it's in the right environment, reaching the right audience, then I think that we'll get over this next hurdle in our ecosystem pretty well. Understand who your customers are, create content that they're going to get value out of and think is interesting, and then deliver it in a place where it's contextually relevant. Sarah, I appreciate you walking us through what marketers should be doing. I think that's great advice. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me. All right, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Sarah Dale, the Chief Revenue Officer at Nativo, for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Sarah, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on her company's Twitter handle. It's Nativo, N-A-T-I-V-O, or you could visit her company's website, which is nativo.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly, my handle, is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.